0: oh boy here we go then you ready all right let's see if i can do this hey oh what is up my name is jordan baker professional golfer ex mcdonald's drive-thru legend and now podcaster welcome to my podcast unapologetic the least thought-provoking mentally stimulating podcast on the planet also thank you to everyone who rated it five stars on the itunes store making it officially the number one golf podcast in the world it's really just just great Today's guest is a good buddy of mine out here in Los Angeles. He's a marketing genius that's worked with Uber, the NFL, and has now started his own business, Human Speak, as well as hosting one of my favorite podcasts, The Power Train. He's the real deal and one of the nicest guys around, Evan Singer.
1: I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody The double check does what the <laughs> he wants. I go stupid again trying to read up, but I got it right back and up doing it again hey for the bricks, they selling things like you and again. a
0: kidvor like this is so exactly right we were just talking about how i need I need to find a way to occupy my time uh during the quarantine, and Evan was saying how how many how many seasons are you into breaking bad four four yeah, yeah four. I've just, the show, I don't know when it came out. I feel like it started sort of 2010, 2011.
1: Yeah, you were a young pup when it came out. right? You know?
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just never really got into the idea. But it was exactly the same with Game of Thrones. Were you a big Game of Thrones fan?
1: No, I never got into it either. I'm not a big, like, you seem like you would like this. But I'm not, I don't watch a lot of dark stuff. No, I don't either. Really, I don't like scary. I don't like gory. I don't like dark right this is the darkest i've seen and the first few episodes i was like oh shit if it's like this for five seasons i don't know if i can do this Uh uh-huh they're like disposing of bodies and yeah and things but it 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 lightens up but it's the the thing with breaking bad is is it's just a constant on the edge of your seat full of anxiety Uh uh-huh so it's not an easy watch because you're constantly nervous about what's going to happen Right, that means it's a really good show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's that's. I think that's similar to Game of Thrones because in Game of Thrones, I'm not gonna say spoiler alert because if someone hasn't seen it by now, you're never gonna see it. In the first season, on the very last episode of the first season, they chopped the uh, the main character's head off. So for the rest of the show, for however many seasons it goes on, I think seven after that, you're always nervous as for. It's quite a clever way of doing that, I think, because you're always nervous for, like, in movies, for example, you always know the good guy's going to kind of win. Right. And then they kind of, like, just completely throw that playbook out the window, which I think is really smart. And... I, gave, I gave Game of
1: Thrones a few episodes. Um, it is slow at the beginning. I was like, I can't keep track of all these people. And then there's these, like, what do they call them? Nightwalker? Uh,
0: White Walkers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, oh, I'm soon.
1: out. I don't want those guys coming around. Uh huh. You know? Uh,
0: yeah, that's fair enough. Because I, generally, I don't really like fantasy either. Hmm. I kind of like. uh You're not uh, a Harry old, Potter guy? Old school. Well, yeah, but come on. <laughs> it's just like, come on. You can't not be a Harry Potter guy. I was right in their uh, demographic as well when it started out. I was like seven, you know? Just absolutely prying for it from day one.
1: Oh, during the movies?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I have read the books as well. One of the uh, biggest regrets of my life is, I remember my mum took me to Brighton, which is about 40 minutes from where we live in England, to pick up the last Harry Potter book. And one of my biggest regrets is, I was at that age, I think I was like maybe maybe 11, and I just, I just wanted to know what happened, so I just turned all the way to the end and didn't read it like through. I just went to the very last page to find out what happened and then then read it.
1: You went to the very last page? Yeah,
0: completely ruined it for myself. Wow. I know. How long have you been uh, living in LA? I know you're from, where are you from originally? St. Louis? St. Louis, yeah.
1: St. Louis. I've been in California for 10 years, LA for seven. Okay. San Diego for three.
0: What were you doing in San Diego?
1: Uh, I worked for uh, TaylorMade and Adidas Golfs ad agency. Uh So I was there for three years Through, like, all the R11 and the Rocketballs stuff, all the white club stuff. Yeah,
0: the cheat stick, I call the Rocketballs 3-Wood. That's the one with the little, it has the slot. The slot. In the face, right? The speed slot. Cheat stick. Cheat stick? Cheat stick. Because they go so far, it should be illegal.
1: Well, now they're even longer.
0: Yeah, it's just. What clubs are you playing at the moment? I still have the Rocketballs 3-Wood, actually. Oh, well, there you go. Proves my point instantly. (laughs) What, (laughs) What driver are you using? I've got the old M2. Okay, yeah. I used to, I think, I can't remember if I had the M2 or the M1. Yeah. But yeah, those TaylorMade made the best woods, I think. I don't really think there's a comparison. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've played TaylorMade woods pretty much as long as I can remember, really. I remember, I think in 2000, 2005 or 2006 was the last time I didn't have a TaylorMade the driver or three would in there hmm. and that was because when right when sergio won the open or actually it was the year before when he lost in the playoff to patrick harrington mm-hmm. i remember he had a black driver with a red b on the face i think it was a burner and i was just like yeah i want it so my dad sent me out in the garden to do chores like mowing the lawn cleaning out the driveway and whatnot and then he eventually he got me it for probably my birthday i guess but i loved that club And then one time, I think I snapped it around the back of my neck. (laughs) Just had enough on your neck. Yeah, I just went. It was a hot day, and I think I just had enough. You didn't get a new one. Oh, I got a new one. I would have got a new one eventually, but I was in the doghouse with my parents for a little bit. I was at that age.
1: Yeah. Just you've grown. You've matured. I've
0: matured for sure. Yeah. The last year and a half, two years since I moved out, moved out here for sure, hundred percent.
1: We're, We're getting glad moved out here.
0: We're getting there slowly. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I miss home a lot, obviously.
1: Did you ever see that movie I told you to see with McConaughey, The Gentleman? Yeah. You saw it? Was it was so good. Did it remind you? It was you?
0: such a great shout. Not really. Um, I just thought it was a really good movie. The director, Guy Ritchie, is unreal. He's one of my favorites. Have you seen Snatch? I've never seen it. So good. You need to watch that tonight it's on netflix i think it's unreal there's a young the cast is so good it's got statham and a young brag pit in it it's really really good okay yeah it's it's good now you're uh you have your own golf podcast how the power train i'm actually a big fan of it
1: i appreciate that
0: it was meant to be on it once upon a time
1: yeah you ghosted me remember that yeah i, I mean, mean isn't it funny when you got all the limelight on you everybody wants to talk it went to
0: my head what can I say you know for those of you who don't know once upon a time back in I forget when it was 2016 maybe 2016 2015 I put on a uh, a golf bet where I attempted to pick the four major winners for the entire golf season and yeah in a parlay yeah got two of them right Back to back, the Masters and the US Open. Um, then got let down for the Open. And then had the winner of the USPGA. I remember that was such a bizarre year. Just all through, one of my best friends got married in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Same age as me. I've known the kids since we were crazy young. They actually got married on Master Sunday, which is. I don't I know. T- yeah. yeah. I don't. He's a golfer as well. I don't know what he was thinking. But there was a hotel about must have been like 500 meters from the, the like, I think it was like a yacht club or something where they had the reception in the evening. Yeah. So I managed to escape for about an hour and a half to watch Sergio coming up the back nine on Master Sunday on some island in Brazil in the middle of nowhere.
1: So you want you started two for two when Sergio won. Mhm.
0: And then Brooks won his first major. Uh. I forget where it... Maybe Aaron Hills? Yeah. Was that his first one? The US Open. He won by like eight, I think it was.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was his first. I think it was. Because I think there was a little bit of like... I don't want to say disrespect, but I don't think there was a full respect for he won a true US Open. It was like... Uh-huh. Well, the only reason Brooks won is because he cut every corner and overpowered yeah. Yeah. a non-traditional US Open course. Well- and then he ended up doing that at every major, so he uh-huh. got more credibility.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's. I think he's probably got to be one of my, my big-time aspirations right now. He, he plays the game just different. No like, fear. It's crazy. He just doesn't, does not give a fuck.
1: But you know the same reason why the way that Brooks wins majors is the reason why the U.S. lost the Ryder Cup. How do you mean? Because um, when we had Dottie Pepper on... I'm so jealous about that, by the way. So, so jealous. About Dottie? Oh, my God. Dottie's the best.
0: She's the GOAT.
1: Yeah. Um, But she was talking about how the Americans didn't really prep course-wise. They just used the same strategy they use on the PGA Tour, which is you hit as far as you can, and Mm -hmm. wherever it goes, you try and recover. And on that course – I don't know if you remember it. It was really wet and the grass was like, yay high. Right. And so the Europeans, I think more Europeans had gone had gone and played that course beforehand. Yeah. And I think only a couple uh, Americans had. And anyways, the Europeans played what the course gave them. So I think they hit more like long irons off the tee and hybrids. And they were laying back to make sure they're in the fairway. Yeah. And the Americans were just spraying it all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think that was when, was that Furick Who, what, what, was the captain? Was the captain? You know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was Furick. I'm not sure. Anyways, they were saying how they weren't really prepared. They didn't really play the course.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense. Anyway, getting back. So I had the first two majors of the year right. And one of my friends tweeted something to a golf. I can't remember who. Yeah, it was the Twitter account, My Club. Do you know it? I don't think so I think it was either my club or the club or something they were called golf club wankers way back in the day but obviously they had to be more PC and they changed it up Um, and yeah it just kind of went viral and all of a sudden everyone was like had thousands and thousands of retweets and whatnot on twitter yeah and all of a sudden I'm getting emails from Sky Sports, Golf Digest everyone blah 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 who did Neuters. you end up talking to? Only I only Sky Sports. Okay, they were the only podcast I did.
1: Oh, you did a podcast? Yeah, it was a oh, podcast. Yeah, I should go back and listen to that.
0: European Tour. It was Andrew Coltart, who's a ex-European Tour, ex-Rider Cup, I think, and a few sort of golf presenters from English TV. Yeah. Um. So I did that. But wait, anyway. you
1: got you got the first two.
0: I got the first two, then I got. You the missed the third. One, the Open Spieth, uh, Spieth, won. Ricky Fowler let me down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right.
1: And then oh, and so the, that was the that was the crazy Spieth. That open. was the birdie yeah. where he sprayed at eighty yards right. right. And I, I'm trying to remember, Sp- Ricky wasn't in contention, right?
0: He got to like the thing is, I had him each way. I had all of them each way because it was a one pound bet each way that goes to two pounds. Um, and then if he would have come like sixth, I would have got money. Oh or really? Like it would have kept it going. You get like a, f- a fifth or whatever. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think you get a fifth of the total odds, whatever they were. And yeah, and Ricky got up to he did get up to ninth or tied ninth on Sunday or something, but then he fell off.
1: And then you won the PGA, right? And then Justin Thomas, yeah. How that much was. would you have won? realistically how much would you have bet on each if you did it individually
0: like 10 pounds yeah maybe not even i don't even i I, i've never really been much of a golf better particularly maybe like the majors like when adam scott won the masters for example
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i only i had about i remember i put 10 pounds on him and then i forgot and then i put another 20 quid on him That was one of my favorite masters looking back that I can really recall. Yeah. Because he had the playoff with Cabrera, who's trying to...
1: He's just bizarre. He's such a strange human. So let me ask you this real quick. Okay. If you would have... If Ricky would have won... By the way, having two first-time... The two biggest players... Probably the two best players without a major. Yeah. You're four. Uh-huh. To win a major in the same year is a bold move, number uh-huh. one. Number two, yeah. if Ricky would have gotten it, do you think at that point, having three or four going into the last major, you would have gotten contacted?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Where they would have tried to so. hedge it?
0: Yeah. I called them up after two and was like, basically said, would you be interested? And they were like, nah, piss off. When did you start your podcast? I think it was 20 the end of 2016 i think because there's three of you guys right it's you stratton
1: yeah strat who you met uh strat joined a little later sermac <laughs> and i started it um because we were actually so the story was is sermac he grew up in chicago played golf in missouri state my best friend growing up in st louis played golf in missouri state Mm-hmm. They became best friends in college. I was right. his, my, our mutual best friend. I was like the childhood best friend. Cermak was the college best friend. And so I got to know Cermak over the years just through my friend Ryan. Yeah. And uh, long story short, Ryan got married uh, that summer in Kansas City. And we were like, it'd be funny if we did like a joint best friend speech mm-hmm. at the rehearsal dinner. So Cermak and I did this like whole skit. And did this speech and it like went over really well. It was hilarious. And we're like, Hey, like maybe we should like do something, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, we, at the time we were like, you know, golf podcasts out there, they're all like the same. It's like, they've got like some old dude who's overweight and uninteresting mm-hmm. and works in golf. And it's just the worst interviews. It's super boring. It's just talking up the same stuff. Everyone's saying the same stuff. We're like, it'd be great to inject a little personality, you know, and have some fun with the game because I know something you want to do. And so we tried to do different things. And, you know, there's been a million different podcasts that have popped up since. But we've kind of shifted, actually. We've kind of, I don't know if you've noticed. A little bit, a little bit. At first we tried to do like PJ tour comedy. Yeah. And we still do some of it, but now it's like, um, we use golf as like a learning platform. So, you know, we use learning about golf to learn about life. And so we bring various people on, whether it's like CEOs, authors, PJ mm-hmm. tour pros, media people, and we try and get some best practices and life lessons. I love golf is like the consistent thread Mm -hmm. of something we all love. Right. Um, Yeah, it's kind of shifted. And I think the reason we talked about this before we came on, like the reason we did that is because it's fun to try and be funny, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and a lot of us have, you know, we, we have decent personalities, but um, at the end of the day, a bar stool or a PGA tour podcast, or, you know, a no laying up, whoever they have a lot more access. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to go one V one there is yeah. a tough battle. Yeah, Whereas sure. we're like, well, what do we love that's different that we do really well? And so that's where like the power of the mind comes in and all this work we've done mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, that has, we tried to integrate with golf to, to like learn things. And so yeah. that's how we kind of like pivoted a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, it's been, It's been awesome. Yeah. It's an excuse to talk to awesome people and you learn a lot and creative outlet and something to try and do every week. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It definitely, it definitely keeps you busy. That's, uh,
0: that's, it's, it's a good point you make with the, when you think of who's, who are the funny ones in golf kind of thing. You don't really think of players, for example. I can't think of many commentators besides Faraday. Yeah. Um, and then you think of people like Menery, and no, like, no Laying Up. Besides those three, I really can't think of... Do you
1: consider No Laying Up funny?
0: <laughs> I wanted to be generous. I feel like they're definitely sort of... towards a younger demographic. Yeah. But funny? Yeah. I, I, I consider them funny as much as I consider Barstool funny.
1: Right. You're not a barstool guy?
0: I've owned most of it cringy, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like they're trying so hard to be funny, and people who try to be funny aren't funny,
1: generally. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: How old were you uh, when you started playing golf?
1: Um, I, th- I played... I would play occasionally when I was like 10 or 12. Uh-huh. Um, with my brother and my dad, but I played baseball my whole life and it totally messed up my baseball swing cuz baseball you're supposed to keep your hands up uh-huh. right and drive down yeah golf you drop the hands and dropping the hands in baseball is like the worst thing you can do right in the plate so i like swore off golf i never played and then i broke my arm my junior season in high school and i got cleared by my surgeon to resume activities and after three months of not being able to use my right arm and the first place I went was the driving range and I never played baseball again.
0: No, really, that was it?
1: Yeah, so that was when I was 17. How old are you now? 32.
0: So 15 years ago. 15 years, yeah.
1: You'd think so I'd be 2000,
0: better. 2005. What's your, what's your... <laughs> well, you weren't that, that when we played. When did we play? That place down south somewhere. Westridge. Yes, you weren't that bad, if I recall. It was shit weather. I remember you taking a little, uh, a little slide down uh, down a mud
1: mud bank. Yeah, I got a minor concussion. But I'm like, I'm like a. i am i am like ai mean, I haven't played in weeks. But um, I think the last I checked, I was a seven.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: But it's like so inconsistent you know I've been trying to toy around with my swing for for years and now I'm like watching all this stuff being at home mm-hmm. and I'm like I been. Mean, I think the the key that I've been trying to figure out is how to shallow my club mm-hmm. Gankus. I went to Gankus yeah and Gankus just wasn't it's really tough it's like I understand it and it makes sense when you're when you're in the lesson
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's really hard to translate it to the course especially because of my baseball muscle memory mm-hmm. i'm naturally very steep right and so i saw this video that luke donald did where he's like put your hand on a mirror and you like try and like almost lead it with like your shoulder blade going down your back uh-huh. like shallow it out right um and so i've been like one itching to go to the range and like yeah. try that yeah yeah but you know i can bump it around are
0: there any driving ranges near
1: you Westchester.
0: Oh yeah, that's by LAX, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm right by LAX. Yeah. I kinda I kinda wanna hear about your uh so you're trying to make it, right? Trying to, yeah. How has that been since coming to LA?
0: I mean, I dunno. Um so I came back out here in I think uh the later part of twenty eighteen what we know, 2020? Yeah, the later part of 2018. I don't know, I feel like life kind of got in the way for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, When I moved back out here, kind of everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. It was almost the point of... Do I really want to stay out here and work through all this bullshit? Like, for example, I... um, When I moved back out here, I got a car. I don't know, three or four days after I uh, after I got here. And it broke down after 20 minutes on the freeway. I was on the 5. I bought it in Long Beach. And I got on the 5, drove it back to where I was in, uh, in Hollywood at the time. And it broke down on the freeway. So I put it in. It goes clunk, steam, you know, everything, the whole shebang. Oh, my God. What kind oh, of car? It was a BMW. I forget what uh what what kind of series it was it was a blue bmw okay
1: last time last time we talked uh you said that your game was in a really bad spot
0: when you were it? totally
1: lost you were thinking about getting i think you were considering talking to genkis
0: ah uh, yeah i remember yeah
1: so you rebounded from that
0: yeah completely it was the uh, strangest thing because i don't know i think i did i think it might have come at a good time And mentally, I just needed a break because I'd been playing golf pretty much every day from the day I was, how old, nine or 10 Mm -hmm. to like last year. Every single day, like even on Christmas Day, I remember I'd feel guilty for not practicing. And I'd like say to my mum, can I go hit balls or something? She'd be like, absolutely not. You're with your family. But then I had three, four, five months where... I might have touched a club twice or three times, like barely doing anything. Right. Maybe a little, maybe like six or seven times, but nothing going on. Essentially not playing golf. And I started practicing again and the first week was horrid. And then it just slowly got better and better. And I sort of just dragged myself back to what I'd call normal golf. Mm hmm. And then it slowly got better and better and better. And then I feel like I'm in a position, a really good spot right now. Like, um, it's hard to say at the moment, obviously, but um, before all this happened, you know, I felt really good about my golf and, um, but I I hate being, I'm trying to look at it in a positive way, Mm -hmm. but it's tough because all I want to do is go and play, which I'm sure you're in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't have the extra play as much. I have the extra practice because I don't know if you go, I might just be too heady, you know? Um, but I don't know if you go through phases where like, if I'm not hitting, if I have a two way miss Mm -hmm. and I don't have an idea of like a good feeling of where it's going, I don't want to play, you know? It's not fun. Yeah. I just, I want to like I enjoy practicing. So I'll go to the range and I'll try and figure out different things. I'll video myself and I'll try and learn something. And then if I feel like, oh, this feel, you know, is, is at least giving me some consistency, I can work with that, yeah. you know, then I'll go out. But I I've struggling for the last eight months or so. I've been struggling with a huge right miss, especially right. with the driver. And that is just like, yeah. The worst. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, je- golf courses are generally designed with the right miss being better than the left. Yeah. Because everyone who designs them comes from the era of the slice. Right. Um, which is kind of changing now. At least with my generation. Everyone tends to hit some sort of draw. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When I wasn't practicing as well, in... Los Angeles, Los Angeles, like the LA area, like up in the valley or further south, like Long Beach, there really aren't any mm-hmm. golf courses besides Rancho and Griffith that, that I could even get on. You know, there's like a big gap between the Wilshire's the LACCs versus public golf, which is something I actually noticed since I was at college out here. There's really, in England... There are so many golf courses. There are obviously the big private ones, mm-hmm. like Wentworth and whatnot. But there's a whole bunch in between. There's courses you can, for like, well, that's for how like Scotland college. is
1: like the best courses in the world. You know, exactly. Are like city courses,
0: right? Exactly. And over here, there's nothing in between. It's either like they don't really even have memberships at places like Griffith. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The Valley's the best golf. In LA. Yeah, like Rustic. Canyon. Outside of private. Yeah, like Rustic Canyon. Um, Simi Hills is actually really underrated. I don't mm. know if you've ever played there. I haven't. Moor Park Country Club's really good. Um, yeah, the Valley's Sand Canyon. There's a the Valley's got a lot of decent options, but again, that's like a big drive. Someone messaged
0: me uh, either yesterday or the day before yesterday. The courses in Ventura are opening up this week or next week. Oh, really? Well, it's kind. it's one of those things where like, that's amazing let's go play or like should we still be staying inside just because they're open doesn't mean we should go play you know what I mean
1: yeah I'm, st- I'm still like I don't even really Tara and I don't really even go to the grocery we get really? everything delivered um, this I think this is the first week we're gonna go to the grocery in like the last three just because we're the Whole Foods delivery is great because you know you can get f- no delivery fee through Amazon Mm-hmm. But it's just so expensive. So we're gonna try and go, um, somewhere locally, like pavilions or something, and just try and get more for our, more bang for the buck. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's, what's this business you've started? Then it's uh, it's marketing. Is that right? Human speak. Yep. What uh, What's going on with that?
1: Yeah. So I started it in January, mm-hmm. and um. I think what I've realized after, you know, I've worked with TaylorMade and I was at the NFL for a few years and then I was at Uber for four years. Yeah. Um, what I realized is is that most places are missing the mark in marketing, um, for a couple of reasons. One is everyone's kind of like a specialist in their lane. Yeah. Right. And everyone's just focused on their lane. So it made me think of sports. It's like there's a reason why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are like the best ever. Mm -hmm. It's not because they have the best arms or arm talent. Like you see these quarterbacks get drafted in the first round because they're 6'6", 250, and they can throw the ball 70 yards from their knees like Jamarcus (laughs) Russell did back in the day. Uh Um, But they're the guys that anticipate and think about everything, right? They're they're thinking about what the wide receivers are doing. They're thinking about what the defense is doing. They're thinking about – all these things. So for me, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I was in product, I've done marketing in the agency, I've done marketing from brand, I've done digital, I've done copywriting, I've done all these things. So in my opinion, I'm kind of like a marketing athlete in the sense that I'm like a utility player. And so for me, what I think most people are missing is like you're not thinking big picture because you're too, everyone's focused on their lane Right. I need someone to come in that can understand every lane mm-hmm. and then create like a big picture strategy. Yeah. Um, okay. No, so I'm it. trying to be like a utility player for marketing basically yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. with like a human lens in the, in the, in the marketing speak. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's been going good. We've been going for four months now and yeah, one Exclusive. day at a time. I've got a question for you. Shoot. We talked about it before we came on. What's, what's going on with this idea you have in your head about relationships only lasting... 25 minutes. 25 minutes. What's going on with that? Oh, I mean, should we talk if, it if, out? If, if, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh,
0: okay. Talk I, 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 don't, I, have, I don't really have any answers for the, for the question, but I'd love to unpack it a little bit.
1: Well, what are the trends? What, what's happened?
0: It's so...
1: See, this so, is a good question because it's a great question, it's, it's, it's actually causing some serious use... pause here.
0: Uh huh. Um, I don't know. Um, well, I do know. All my relationships seem to end at three months. Mhm. So my first relationship was three months. My second relationship was like a month, and third one, three months exactly. Maybe like three months and a week.
1: And are they ending it or are you ending it?
0: I have a problem with like. Uh, Like, not exactly giving up on something, but I'm kind of too stubborn. Like, even if something is quite obviously not working, then I'm like, no, I want to make it work, Mm -hmm. you know? Which, even though, for example, with all my exes, for example, for the both of us, is a hundred percent the best thing. Like, I'm not even really, I mean, we're on like, we're civil, I would say. Right. Like, between civil and friendly, but not quite friendly. Mm Mm-hmm. Because like we just clashed, there's just way too much of a personality clash, which for some reason, that's kind of the person that apparently I'm attracted to is someone that Mm. pisses me off, pretty much, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. it seems to me that it's, let me, I'll give you some perspective. Go on then. Um,
0: Hit me with the wise
1: words. I think it's a good thing that they've only been three months. That's better than it three years.
0: I agree. Well, from from where I'm sitting at now, is it's great because I don't want to get down the line and like I'm in a brilliant position now where I can sort of look back and see.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think what I've learned is it's really easy to get into this uh, this pattern of I've never been in a good relationship. The relationships always end what's wrong with me type mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. when really you know each relationship each encounter each date each text could be a learning you know like when i was when i i was in a four so i've been in a seven-year relationship a four-year relationship um and after my four-year ended you know, I was dating a little bit and I went on each date with the intention to learn what I liked and what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I had zero attachment to it being anything. So like I wasn't going in hoping that I'm meeting that person, my person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going in hoping that it goes well.
0: That's a good way of looking at it.
1: I'm going in to literally no expectations. learn about what I liked yeah what i didn't like and if i didn't like something why not it's really easy to go into these relationships and it's just like well it ended after three months and you never really reflect and think about why didn't it work and what didn't you like about it and actually what do you want a lot of people don't define what they want you know yeah so what do you want
0: i don't know <laughs> it's a it's a very good point because part of me thinks that i'm only, right, this, this is a, pretty much exactly where I'm at because I remember thinking this the other day. All my best friends are in relationship. One of them is married and I'm like, part of me thinks, I'm 25, I'm in Los Angeles. Do I either just like have fun? Because I still feel young, which I am, obviously. Like, I'm not gonna be one of those dickheads. It's like, I'm so old, no.
1: Yeah.
0: Or do I think that I'm 30 in five years and you know when you're a kid and you make up all those situations about when you want to be married and have kids and all that shit, you know, like 30 is a big number. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. So I thought I'm I'd be married by 26.
0: Fucking A. Right. I thought like, like, I remember being like 14, 13 and being like, right, married uh, again, 26, 28, mm-hmm. 30, kids, whenever. And it's just like, I'm so far away from any of that. But I mean, like mentally, I'm even further away. Like, I still feel like I'm 18.
1: Well, the funny thing is, is asking yourself those types of questions of like, should I be single? Should I be in a relationship right now? Mm -hmm. I don't even think those are things that you need to figure out because those things will take care of itself.
0: That's kind of where I'm at as well. It's more of a question of, do you
1: want to date? Yeah. Like, do you want to put yourself out there and go on dates? Or do you just want to go out and if you meet someone, you meet someone?
0: It's... But the fact that it'd be nice to meet someone, but I can't be fucked with dating. It's so boring. I hate small talk. I, I can't do it. I just get bored and then they think I'm rude. Like I went on a date. Treat before, it like a podcast. Before this has happened. happened. But um, yeah, but I just get so bored. I don't care. Like, it's very rare to find someone that I care about what they do nine to five, you know? Or like, like, it's interesting for like, three seconds and i'm not trying to be like super rude or blunt but like it's just
1: yeah um, oh maybe it's just the questions maybe you know you can ask different questions you can guide the conversation in a way that's interesting to you I i think it's okay you don't know what you want i think the key there is just you learn through experiences you'll you'll figure out what you want based on the contrast of what you don't want you know Mm -hmm. because the key though is that you just have to be you have to be mindful of it you have to like remember what happens and then you have to think about what didn't i like with that yeah and And then again you'll figure it out
0: it just it just takes me back to like i'd so much rather be on the 16th hole on a twilight round with the sun going down than sitting at some bar in west hollywood with this girl named whatever her name is and just dealing with that shit and now I can kind of just have zero responsibilities.
1: Follow that then. Just do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to go. When the world how how when do you think this is all going to going to stop? Do you have any I any idea? I feel like you're a little more knowledgeable on the subject than me. I don't even watch the news. Um, it's too depressing.
1: Yeah, I mean the the tricky and scary thing to me about this is that And who knows, there's like a million studies coming out, Mm -hmm. and one contradicts the next, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But there's more and more studies coming out that shows people from, I don't know if it was South Korea or or China, where people who had antibodies and had it and were supposed to be immune have these like 24 to 48 hour Mm flare-ups where it can like the virus was dormant and then it like wakes up and you have like a day fever and that's gone. That's um, weird. If that's the case and that's real, then this whole like open things up and only send people out who have antibodies that could go out the window pretty quick. Cause then Super it only awesome. takes 24 hour flare up. You encounter someone cause you were supposed to be immune. They didn't know you're sick. You didn't know you're sick. And then boom, we've got a whole nother infection thing going. So like, I've got masters tickets in November. I
0: remember you text me, you text me a photo of the- I don't
1: know how there's going to be fans at the masters. There's like no way.
0: If, if that, I feel like it kind of sucks for you because I, I actually feel like, like a masters with zero fans, there would be incredible because the sound's going to echo so much and what not but then again you lose the complete atmosphere of master sunday
1: yeah i just hope that there's clarity either way like i i what i just the only thing i don't want to happen is for it to be like you could go it's up to you Mm -hmm. you know and it could like that second wave could come in and it's like a risk to go Mm -hmm. um i'd rather just be clear-cut like there's fans or there's not yeah and it's safe to go, or it's not. Where it's like, because I'm in limbo right now. I'm like, do I book an Airbnb or do I not? Yeah. Do I wait? And so that's the part of me would really love to go in no, in November. Go to the first and only no, ever, only ever full month. Yeah, November. That'd be such a good uh, story uh, to tell. Experience, yeah. Um, and I want to go to that pro shop. Yeah, I've heard it. I want to go yeah. to the merch tent. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost more excited for the merch tent as I am the seeing the course. Just dropping
0: a briefcase full of cash in the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing to go to the only one ever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Evan, my guy. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Thank having yeah. nice man. What are your uh, social media handles?
1: Um, personal is eSinger7 and then the par train. At the par train. The par train.
0: Yeah, definitely. Guys, go check it out. It's a great podcast. I just listened to your one with uh, Eric Lang. and I thought it was brilliant. Appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Stay safe and uh, talk to you soon. See you, man.